Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome, everyone, to Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. My co-host, Lou Weiss, is working on other projects this morning, so he won't be joining us. Who we do have joining us, however, is Anthony Nieves, who is the committee chair for the Institute for Supply Management's non-manufacturing report on business, a report that is absolutely exciting and stellar. So we're very glad to have Anthony on the show with us. Anthony, welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thank you. Well, gosh, I'm just going to kind of let you get right into it. I mean, this report is uh, so rosy and the numbers are so high that I'll let you provide some insight and explanation to our listeners about what's going on. Great. Thanks very much. When you look at the non-manufacturing report on business released this morning, the composite index uh, came in at 59.9, and that is the highest we've had since the inception of the composite index back in January of 2008. So we're talking 10 years uh, going back here. And if you back calculate it, uh, applying the same uh, weights for this composite index uh, historically prior to the inception of, of the composite index, it would be the highest reading since August of 2005. So we're seeing some uh, all-time highs here, not only in the composite index, but also in the employment index. It's the highest reading we've seen, uh, 61.6. And for those that may not be aware, the composite index is comprised of business activity, new orders, employment, and supplier deliveries, all equally equally weighted at 25%. So the report that we have uh, in front of us today uh, has uh, many different factors uh, contributing to Uh, what we see is a a very strong reading after two consecutive uh, months of pullback. And I'll clarify that when I say pullback, we had some um, going backwards a little bit on the the readings, on the indexes, but still showing and reflecting strong growth overall. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned the employment, Anthony, because I saw this report this morning and I saw the uh, employment numbers come out on Friday, and I had to look and find out what's the lowest unemployment the U.S. has historically ever been at, and it turns out we're at it at 4.1. That's amazing. Yeah, I think that's really strong. Definitely. I always say that when you look at the employment index for the non-manufacturing report on business, that's how this sector is going. It's a labor-intensive sector. you know, human resources, human services, um, all these service industries that comprise the non-manufacturing sector, when you see employment readings like this, you know that the numbers are going to come in very well. Well, you know, that's fascinating because I would have thought, because we're so involved in manufacturing, that manufacturing would be labor-intensive. But your sector is more labor-intensive than the manufacturing sector. Is that right? That is correct. And you know, when you think about most service industries, service companies, when you look at their fixed expense and their variable expense, and as it relates to capacity and, and what their output is for these services companies, that's one controllable expense that they have applicable to whatever their levels of business are. So when you see that 
the hiring is, is, is strong and that the fact that the payrolls are coming in at higher levels and we're seeing from the report on Friday that there's wage increases based on that demand for uh, the um, uh, workers for full-time equivalents out there as well as part-time workers. So that is uh, what's indicative of why we see such a high employment index uh, based on all those variables. You know, it's interesting. The report that you put out contains industry performance, and I'd like you to touch on that a bit. And I'm, uh, we've always been watching mining to see how it was. It used to be in the doldrums. Now it's in your top 15 uh, why don't you share a little bit with our listeners about industry performance? Absolutely, and when you and you're absolutely right because mining was pulling down the non-manufacturing sector going back uh, not quite a year ago. It was coming in uh, always at the bottom or sh- reflecting contraction, and it had a bit of a turnaround. So when you look at the top industries uh, from the composite index standpoint. Uh, management of companies and support services is, uh, rounds out the top, followed by arts, entertainment, and recreation. And number three is mining, followed on by utilities, retail trade, construction, and thereon. Uh, there's 15 of the 18 industries uh, reflected uh, growth for the month of January. And when you look at that also at from a, the perspective of uh, business activity, mining tops the list followed by utilities and arts, entertainment, and recreation, rounding out the top three there. You know, there's been many variables, factors. Uh, People are asking this morning, why is the report so high? Why is it reflecting these type of numbers? And there's uh, many different things. And what we see uh, resonating with our respondents is that uh, they're highlighting that the recent tax changes has instilled confidence coupled with the uh, synchronized global expansion that we're seeing, uh, the value of the dollar uh, dropping, which is promoting more uh, um, exports as well as imports. And um, we're seeing the employment the way it is. And so you have consumer confidence, you have commercial confidence, and the uh, different factors that were mentioned just now. And coupled with uh, uh, this whole... Uh, expansion that we're seeing in both sectors, manufacturing and non-manufacturing, it just looks like things are going very strong. Uh, Whether it's sustainable or not remains to be seen, but I think when you look at the past uh, or the previous two months we had in non-manufacturing where we had that little bit of pullback, it was still uh, reflecting strong numbers. Anthony, in the manufacturing sector, we look at CapEx as, you know, the expansion of plants and equipment. In the non-manufacturing sector, I imagine you're also beginning to see some capital expenditure increases. What is it in in the non-manufacturing sector? Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad you raised that question because um, I, I, there's one I was remiss in mentioning also that capital reinvestment is also a contributing factor uh, that we're seeing, and we'll see that in new orders index as well. Um, and we don't see plant so much, but you do have equipment. You do have uh, reinvestment as it relates to everything from computer systems to furniture, fixtures, and equipment. And I'll even mention as far as um, uh, what we have as capital expenditures in the accommodation and food services um, industry, any renovations, any revitalization of a particular building or project. You'll see that in real estate, rental, and leasing. So these are different types of capital expenditures versus operational expenditures. And this is what has to be budgeted and forecasted for. 
Okay. In transportation, I know that they have been really struggling trying to find drivers for trucks, and they've been pretty topped out in terms of capacity utilization. Has that eased any in transportation, Anthony? Not at all. In fact, uh, we see that listed in the commodity section of the report. Transportation costs are up. Uh, There are specific comments from our respondents um, that indicate that there is still a shortage of uh, trucks and drivers, as you mentioned, and that has put a res- that has put a constraint on uh, on the logistics portion of uh, of the supply chain. Well, of course, we're all waiting for the autonomous trucks to see how quickly those hit the road, but I'm not sure that's an answer anytime soon. Any noise about that that you can share with our listeners? I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear the last part of that. The auto- the autonomous trucks. I don't know if that's making any real headway yet or not. You know, not at this point. It's still premature for um, uh, for that to take hold and uh, be incorporated into uh, uh, supply management. At this point, I think eventually uh, it, it will. It will. You know, we're t- we're talking a few years down the road at at a minimum, but not at this point. Uh, Anthony, the the new orders, which seem to have been very strong, coming in at sixty two point seven. What tends to drive the new orders? Well, new or- new orders is what companies have in their pipeline and it could be uh, any it depends on the industry and the company but typically the new orders for um, uh, uh, say for a consulting firm might be future engagements that they may have for managing uh, company processes or in information it could be uh, new orders for programming or hardware installation so it just varies according to um, the, the company and the industry, being that this non-manufacturing sector is so eclectic in its composition of different services. Anthony, I know back in December, uh, the ISM released the, I, I don't know if it's the annual forecast and then you update it in May or if it's one of the updates of the forecast that you do for the whole year for 2018. So far, are you tracking ahead of it? At this point, definitely. Um, We had uh, positive projections, and we saw the uh, capital expenditures, uh, what was forecasted, uh, to be a nice uh, percentage figure. But when you look at it uh, going backwards to now, uh, definitely well ahead of the pace. And we'll have to see how it finishes out by the spring as we get into – you know, the tail end of the second quarter going into the third quarter where we're going to be. But at this point, it's definitely uh, tracking ahead on both. Uh, just even though we're measuring different things from the, the semi-annual compared to the monthly uh, changes, mm-hmm. uh, because we don't measure revenue uh, monthly on a monthly basis, but we do measure it uh, for the semi-annual reports, business activity can transpose or it does transpose into actual revenues for companies. So when you're looking at this high business activity that we're seeing, the new orders in the composite, uh, the correlation is there as we can see it. Anthony, one of the things that we have been watching in the not, excuse me in the manufacturing report were prices because there was some upward price pressure that manufacturers weren't able in the well, latter half of 2017 to pass on. Uh, and they're now beginning, I think, to get in a position where they can pass on or have to pass on some of the price increases from the raw materials and commodities they bring in for their goods. How about with non-manufacturing? Are you seeing some upward price pressure? And 
are these companies able to pass those on now? I think we're starting to see that um, at a, a minimal stage right now, or minimal state, and it will continue to have uh, evolve into some more pricing pressure. I think that based on what our respondents are telling us, and we have to go back to four or five months ago um, when the economy started really picking up some steam. Uh, and then after the tax changes going forward, I think we're going to have to see uh, not only price pressure, we'll see some moderate inflation with that um, correlated to that, as well as uh, I think the Federal Reserve will have to react with some uh, hikes in the interest rates too, to uh, kind of make sure the economy doesn't overheat. Uh, that's been historically what the approach has been. So it remains to be seen with the um, uh, the new Fed chair and how, how things are incorporated. Okay. So how are uh, imports and exports doing for the non-manufacturing sector? How is that? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the last part of that, or the first part of that. How are imports and exports doing for the uh, non-manufacturing sector, Anthony? Um, and again, uh, as I touched base earlier on the uh, strength of the dollar, it's been uh, weakening a bit, and that's helped um, with the uh, synchronized global growth. And we're seeing both imports and exports increasing uh, month over month. We saw imports go up 1.5 percentage points uh, from the 50 from 52.5 to 54, and export orders from 56.5 to a nice strong reading of 58 percent. Anthony, is there anything in the non-manufacturing sector that is showing weakness? Well, we see in inventories, they contracted uh, month to month, went from 53.5 to 49, down 4.5 percentage points. That's a temporary situation. We'll see that um, increase uh, with February's numbers, and part of that is due to um, the uh, systemic uh, dropping down and gearing down of inventories for year end. And when we had those two months, consecutive months of pullback, companies were still looking at cash flow and managing their inventories and not pushing them up at this point. Now we're at a point with the numbers coming in the way they are and activity levels the way they are. It'll put a constraint on capacity, so inventories will have to be replenished. Uh, there's no end if or buts about it, so we'll see that pop up over the 50 again uh, when we get uh, through February's numbers. And you're in the healthcare industry. What's happening in that industry overall? I know that some 10,000 baby boomers retire every day, so you're in a good place going forward. How's that industry looking? And we have a specific comment coming right out of that industry um, where when you look at uh, – that they have a positive outlook for 2018, but they do see huge pricing pressure. One of the things I must say that when you look at the uh, Medicare and, and the various state agencies that have uh, Medicaid, as it is in, say, New York or Medi-Cal in California, um, we're seeing cutbacks in reimbursement rates as part of the overall uh, emphasis from um, the uh, Affordable Care Act that's still in effect. And, and there's also been some cutbacks uh, for budgetary reasons and trying to scale back on those reimbursements to providers as well as to, uh, and I say providers from the insurance carriers, uh, getting reimbursement from the government as well as doctors and, and the different uh, peripheral agencies that are also in the uh, chain for healthcare services. So we're seeing that, 
but yet, as you mentioned, the this the scale and scope is increasing as we have people retiring uh, and going uh, uh, on to those particular uh, programs that they've earned through their lifetime. So the industry itself is growing. Um, there's still questions that have to be answered in regards to uh, the go-forward structure and, and how this uh, current uh, government uh, administration will uh, approach uh, health care. They've taken two stabs at it and hasn't worked so far, so we'll just see how it goes from there. Well, it's interesting because one of the issues that uh, comes up repeatedly in the mainstream media is about health care and premiums and coverage. Where do you expect to see it go Anthony, in in real terms, is this going to be a, a, a significant cutback in Medicare or Medicaid, um, or is it going to be milder than everybody is pretending it to be? Well, I think it's going to be milder. I think that the cutbacks are more uh, for the providers versus for the actual beneficiaries. The beneficiaries will not be impacted as strongly as, say, um, the subsidies that that are going through to uh, carriers as well as uh, how that uh, transposes and down into to the other providers in the uh, in the chain but at this point um, you know we hear back and forth whether or not Medicare will be touched will will there be a, a transformation there uh, not at this juncture I think that uh, what we're seeing is, is is continuity at this point in time and that uh, beneficiaries will not uh, be negatively impacted, not not in the foreseeable future. Well, you certainly picked a challenging industry to be in. I don't know how you keep track of it all because there's so much pressure from what the government or state is willing to pay and what the uh, person that you might serve can pay, and you're caught in the middle and regulations that are in constant motion. Uh, I don't envy you your task, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> It does make for an interesting dynamic, I will say that much. But, you know, overall, when you look at the whole healthcare uh, arena, um, it's it's um, servicing such a wide uh, group of, of individuals, and the, the clinicians that are involved in healthcare are just so altruistic in what they do. And so I think patient care is, is just paramount uh, more than anything else. And as much as you have to manage the dollars and cents, uh, there's a fine line between being cost-effective and compromising uh, the care provided. Anything else about this report other than, uh, you know, saying, wow, it's terrific that you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up? Well, I think that, um, you know, the key thing is, uh, and as we touched on this earlier in the program, is that and you brought up the, the whole capital expenditure piece um, there there's a there's a renewed confidence there's this positive outlook on the commercial side from businesses as it relates to uh, things such as we're reading every day about the repatriation of dollars about this uh, revitalization capital reinvestment which is taking hold faster than I would have anticipated uh, coupled with um, the low unemployment and when you look at this uh, NMI composite index on an annualized um, uh, basis, it reflects a GDP of 4%, which is, which is huge. So I think that um, the, the key thing going forward is how sustainable is this, is this level of uh, growth and that uh, 
what do we see, you know, two, three months down the road? I think where, from what I'm saying is that we'll still have growth going forward. It's just at what level, what rate. I don't think it can really withstand being at this high level every single month. It's then we'll see that overheating we were talking about earlier. Right, right. Well, I would agree with you, but uh, we would certainly remain hopeful that it stays in the upper 50s. Anthony, thank you for being again with us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. We always appreciate your insight on this very in-depth and excellent report. Thank you very much for having me. We'll talk to Anthony again uh, next month when he reissues the report that comes out in March for the February roll-up number. It's always a roll-up, and it's rolling up very well. So that's been Anthony Nieves with the Institute for Supply Management. He's the committee chair for the non-manufacturing report on business. Always appreciate him being with us. And you can catch this interview and all of the other ones at mfgtalkradio.com. Come back and go through our library. Lots of great information there for you to listen to. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.